Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What is going on, everybody? My name is Cutter Lawler. Welcome to another week of Hero or Zero. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again, talking one comic book character, as we do every single week. We talk their good points, their bad points, just generally give you a bit of a rundown of everything to do with that character. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Mean. Sean, how is it going? I'm great, Connor. Not to mm. put pressure on you, but I have yeah. a feeling that this is the episode that goes viral. <laughs> This is the one. I do have a lot of TikTok dances involved in this report. You've been TikTok dancing without me? <laughs> I have. If, I, ha- I know all of them. Don't ask me any of them because I won't even dignify it with a response. Ah, I know immediately all negating my follow-up question. <laughs> Got in there early, just in case. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Connor, this is the show. Where we take one comic book character every single week, could be good, could be bad, and could be DC, which you usually do. Mm-hmm. I myself usually take Marvel. Yeah. And we just give the people a little bit of a rundown about everything to do with that character. Yes. So, so this week I have, of course, DC, because they're the best, Sean. They're way better than Marvel. Marvel stinks. Uh, that is only some of the comments on some of our shows. Name one successful <laughs> DC character. I challenge you. <laughs> Damn it, he's got me. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I am doing DC, and this week I'm go- I've gone old school shot. Now, old there's, school. yeah, because there's we've covered a lot of newer characters recently with in regards to this clone saga with involving Spider Man and stuff like Indeed. that. So I said, what I'll do is I'll take it back, and I'm taking it back to one of the characters from 1941, one of the earliest characters, and one. Of the founding members of the JSA, the Justice Society of America. Ooh, okay, so we're going back to Golden Age DC Comics. Golden Age DC Comics. Now, there has been several versions of this character since, but I'm going to do the original, and this week I'm doing Dr. Midnight. 
Dr. Midnight. The mm. name does not ring a bell, I'll grant you. Dr. Midnight is the character that looks like Batman in the GSA. Ah, I see. If you've seen him, you would recognise him. But um, Charles McNider, which, I mean, um, he's created by <laughs> Charles Raisenstein and Stan Ashmeyer. And he was fr- he first appeared in comics, in All-American Comics number 25, in April of 1941. Um, and so... In early 1941, Dr. Charles McNider and his nurse and slash assistant, Myra Mason, which is a great name. Great name. Um, Much better than his name. (laughs) Charles McNider, yes, had been collaborating on a new antiviral serum um, when a local police officer knocked on his office door. He told McNider that a known gangster named Killer Marodi, not a great name, but a good gangster (laughs) name. Why would his parents call him that? <laughs> First name killer. I'm sure he's going to be lovely. <laughs> he's going to be a school teacher. <laughs> I think we just gave birth to Mother Teresa. Jesus. Let's <laughs> call her killer. <laughs> killer Maroney. Um, it's gender fluid, to be fair, as a name. Killer. It is, to be fair. <laughs> um, killer Maroney had attempted to assassinate a key witness scheduled to testify against him in court. Now, the man that he shot... Um, was still alive and so the police officer was coming to Dr. Charles McNider to be like he's going to die unless you save him you're the best doctor around Dr. McNider right okay mm. so they wait, so the police just know sorry okay I assume thinking about it that they brought him to a hospital they didn't bring him <laughs> to Charles McNider's house no they brought the injured man to a hospital and then they went to the best doctor they knew house so oh, they bring the doctor to the hospital not the hospital to the doctor In many ways, it's the easier way to do it. It's an easier system we haven't figured out in the real world. (laughs) What are these days, Sean? Here in the modern days of the 40s, that seems like the logical thing to do. (laughs) So Charles grabbed his medical bag and he raced down to the hospital room to operate. Moroni likewise discovered that the witness was still alive and sent a tug named Mike to finish him off. Mike's a good tug name. Um, just, while Mike. Mac- <laughs> just Mike no second name he's like Cher um, while McNider conducted his operation Mike, Mike lobbed a hand grenade through the hospital window what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> talk about overkill He threw a fucking hand grenade into the hospital room. No, he was outside with the big massive RPG and he looked and he went, shook his head and he was like, no, don't be, don't be silly. I'll go for the classic hand grenade. Oh, he's, he's a demon at Worms Reloaded. <laughs> he, he was just, in my head, the hospital is like one story and he's just outside the window on the grass just with a grenade. <laughs> off you go. Right, now, <laughs> off to kiss Mrs. O- kill Mrs. O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> like I imagine it's a big window in the hospital and everyone can see him and they're just like what what's in his hand what's he throwing at a also hospital? the operating oh. room is the operating room is on the ground floor and if it's not he has a serious aim <laughs> it's a weird ricochet situation that, like it hits the stairs and it goes into an elevator mm. and then a Mike, doctor kicks it Mike is also dead shot it's not said but if you read between the lines he is dead shot it's Mike Deadshot Moroni. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Mike lobs a hand grenade through the hospital window. Now, if you remember, the doc is currently operating on this injured person, so kind of busy at the time. 
Um, everyone in the room dies from the explosion except oh. for Dr. Charles McNider. It's a grenade in an operating room, Sean. It's like a bull in a china shop. <laughs> um, however, shards of exploding gra- glass, and although McNider survived, shards of exploding glass from the explosion flew into his eyes, permanently oh. robbing him of his sight. What? Yes. Is this Daredevil? Kind of, but not really. So, never one to rest. This man has been blinded by a grenade. Remember, never one to rest. McNider placed himself immediately into an intense therapy program. (laughs) He found that he developed more energy during the nighttime hours and spent many evenings practicing gymnastics and working out. Myra Mason stayed by his side every second and quickly began to fall in love with the strong-willed man. So, sorry, this man has just been blinded and now he's more effective at night, i.e. nocturnal. Yes. So when you said he was Batman, he's actually Batman. (laughs) Well, you'll see why in a few minutes, but um, the main point is that he just felt like he had more energy at night time. He didn't know why, he had the bandages still around his eyes at this point. And so he's got glasses and eye glass in his eyes, um, not the glasses form, just in the, the spiky form going in, going the other way, the wrong way. Oh, um, oh the bad kind of glass in your <laughs> the eyes. The bad kind, yes. And so um, he finds that he has more energy at night, and he doesn't know why that is, but he's using that time to start on his his intense rehab, and he's going to the gym, and he's basically just trying to still be him, even though he had this horrible accident. Okay, well, that's admirable. And look, he's got a very strong will. Mm. Realising that his medical career was over, this is where this, this sto- his origin story is a bit weird. Charles turned his attention towards writing. He was determined to expose the criminal underworld of the city and set about writing a magazine column specifically what? targeting Killer Maroney. <laughs> what? So he's just... So he becomes a writer for a magazine to yeah. slate this one criminal. He's a dickhead. <laughs> he, just, he just takes out ad space to say he's a prick. <laughs> that is so... That's the extent of just pettiness that you don't like, need. Does he presume that Maroney is going to read Maroney's reading these reviews and he is just... He's disgusted. He's like, he's fuck. Disgusted. I thought it was going to be he's five stars. Two and a half. His TripAdvisor rating has gone way downhill. <laughs> He's killing my business of murder. Of murder. I'm Killer Maroney. <laughs> um, he often dictated his diatribes to Moira, who subsequently typed them out and mailed them to the publisher. <laughs> so, so, what? So, Ma- just wait. Moira, sit down is, there. Moira, sit down so, there and type this out. Killer Maroney some is, thoughts. <laughs> Killer Maroney is a fucking dickhead, full stop. He's an absolute fucking scoundrel. Full stop. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And a dickhead again. <laughs> Got him. Put that in brackets. Put that <laughs> in brackets, Moira. <laughs> Moira, Moira, did you put that in brackets? Did you put that in brackets, Moira? Moira, not I a hyphen. I didn't hear you type the brackets. Don't put a fucking hyphen. Put it in brackets. Go home. Go home. <laughs> Moira, I'm sick of you. Give me the typewriter. Oh, wait, I'm blind. <laughs> Type up a P- P45, Moira. <laughs> <laughs> Myra, I want you to type Myra has been fired for being a fucking shit Shit secretary Write that down, Put that please. in brackets <laughs> He loves brackets 
Mad about. Um, so one evening, McNider was resting in his study, contemplating, and this is possibly the best duo of words ever put together for something so stupid. He was contemplating his next skating expose. <laughs> He's a 1940s troll, is what he is. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> He sits up thinking about scathing exposés. Scathing exposés for men like Killer Maroney. Yeah, I I think his name, as soon as anyone would hear his name, they would form an opinion of that man. And it's not necessarily positive either. No, Maroney's a stupid name. No, it's not the bit I was focusing (laughs) on. Wait, what were you thinking of? I was thinking of the killer part of Oh, yeah! I forgot that! It's Um, more about you than me, buddy. Um, so he was thinking his co- he was contemplating his next scaling expose writing them down maybe bullet points although he can't really write he can't see but when oh, something course. occurred which would change his life forever an owl crashed through the window of his study falling onto the floor startled by the noise McNider tore the bandages away from his eyes it was then that he realised he could see perfectly in the dark Believing that his eyesight had been fully restored, he turned on a light switch, only to discover that he was blind once again. He shut off the light, allowing his night night vision to focus, and took took to mending the owl's wounds. McNider adopted the owl as a pet and named him Hooty. Not the most inspired name for an owl. No, but this is where we discover that he can see in the dark perfectly. Oh, yes, of course. That's impressive. Yes, not the owl. Not the owl. So, that's interesting. Now, we've had a story on Weird News, if anyone wants to listen to it, uh, about an owl man. Mm. Now, is this owl, is this also an, an owl man? Um, <laughs> what I mean what to way? ask is, does he have the proportional strength of an owl? Does he but eat does, mice? Does he? Is he the size of a madness owl? Is what you're asking? Pretty much, yeah. No, he's he's the size of a normal owl. I would I could only assume. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, look, I'll I'll try and make it work. Okay. It, it, <laughs> this is ridiculous. What kind of an owl, owl is owl the size shaped? of an owl? <laughs> that never happens. Where's the man-sized owls? So this is really interesting because they're, um. Being a hero that operates... I assume he becomes a superhero eventually, right? Oh, spoilers, but yes. So if there's not a story, right, where he's fighting someone and it suddenly becomes Dawn... Oh. I don't know anything about comic books. Oh, but even in Dawn, it's still slightly dark, though. Like what? Mm, Okay. Yeah, I mean, what constitutes pitch blackness? Yeah, you know? I suppose. Like, but, like I think he need, he means full. Like we wake up in the middle of the night, full black. Oh, I get you. I get you. That's really interesting because presumably, if that was, I'm trying to think if they would translate that to film. Say, imagine the excitement of seeing for the first time after being told endlessly that you're blind from an exploding grenade. Yes, exploding grenade. Lots of glass in the eye. Yeah, and. Then you turn on a light and you can't see. That would, would just fuck with you, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's just why... He, that's a very interesting thing they've added in here. So he's not actually... He's still blind during the day. He can just see at night. 
And so the entire experience came as a revelation to McNider. With the aid of his secret night vision, he could now actively strike back at the criminal world that has taken his eyes from him. Not only could he write scathing exposés, now he could punch them in the face. So he developed a pair of specially modified infrared goggles that temporarily allowed temporarily allowed him to see during the daylight as well. So there, he has to wear these big, massive goggles during the day. Right. Okay. Oh, that to make his eyes look like owl eyes. Yeah. Of course. Of course. He's not called Owl Man. I just want to make that clear. He's called Doctor Midnight. Oh, I'm. I'm well aware, but. He's you just have Owlman owl. on the brain. Yeah, good. Um, From Watchmen. <laughs> um, he also created a supply of blackout bombs that could emit clouds of inky black smoke that only he could see through. That's completing cool his, as fuck. Completing his arsenal was a black and red costume he acquired from a costume shop. And so Dr. Midnight was bored. Using the blackout bombs, he would basically just take all light out of any situation and then just fuck everybody up. Because yeah, and is he he's been training as well this whole time? Like he's yeah, been... all this time, yeah. So he's a really that's like formidable, and that would be terrifying as well. Because this is in the forties as well. I need to remember mm. that this is a very modern day story in a lot of ways. Because in the forties, it feels like a lot of superheroes were just oh they can do everything and they have no weaknesses. No, this dude is literally blind twelve hours of the day. And Unless he wears his goggles. Unless he wears his goggles, yeah, but he's not going to wear those down to the shops, presumably. No. no, and also he has to keep up the persona that he's not Dr. Midnight. And what better way to do that than to say, oh, I'm blind. <laughs> oh, girl, I hate Killer Maroney. <laughs> Shakes his fist. Um, so his first mission was to, ki- to bring down Killer Maroney, not only in words, but literally... <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> no longer okay. was it just going to be shit troll comments. He was going to kick him in the balls. Well, presumably by this point, he's worn down his self-esteem so much. Oh, Maroni is just devastated. Emotionally, he's devastated by the whole scenario. So I, th- I, I think as soon as anyone shows up and say, hey, you're the guy from the magazine, Maroni's going to cry and turn himself in, confess for all his crimes right there. Yeah, so Maroney's men had discovered that a local grocer named Schultz had failed to pay Maroney's protection money. So the crime lord sent his goons down again to the grocery store to take care of him. They attacked Schultz, I can only assume Mike was there, it's not mentioned, but failed to kill him. These goons are not very good. Word of the attack reached the ears of Charles McNider, and his services were called upon to save Schultz's life despite being blind. Wait, so the same thing happened again, that they just said, oh, we know the best doctor. Yes, even though he's blind now. Really? And he's he's still working as a doctor this whole time? I think, though, he retires from being a doctor to be an expose writer. Of course, of course. Mm. But he (laughs) still has that medical side. (laughs) Yeah, a real step down, really, (laughs) when you think about it. Certainly in pay. So they just bring up this dude and is like, hey, look, you're the nearest doctor, we need your help. Yeah, even though you're blind, you might still know what's going on. So Maroney learned that McNider was attempting to operate on Schultz and had his men cut the power to the hospital. Again. 
Your so, biggest mistake ever, Killer Maroney. You're not. I'm not in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. He said. The Where, very what same. They, what they did not realize was that Doctor Midnight could operate just as easily in total darkness, and he succeeded in saving Schultz, saving Schultz's life, and then immediately set off to track down Maroney. He raided Killer Maroney's townhouse and cut the power lines running through the basement, basically turning the whole building into darkness. Several thugs tried to grapple with Dr. Midnight, but with the aid of his blackout bombs, he easily overpowered them. Maroney himself even squeezed off a few bullets in Midnight's direction, but Dr. Midnight evaded the good shots and apprehended the mob boss. Killer Maroney was finally brought to justice. Okay, so he actually put him to justice. He didn't just kick him in the balls and kill him. Uh, no, he, <laughs> it was going to be a real big kick. No, uh, he, he, he kicked him in the balls, but then he brought him in. Okay, well look, that that is what a doctor would do, isn't it? <laughs> You've been reading much magazines, killer. Ha <laughs> ha! Wait, what? Are are you the one that's writing this? No, that's not me. <laughs> that's not me. I'm, oh, Mac, I'm not McNighter. I'm Doctor Midnight. <laughs> Doctor McNighter. Oh fuck! <laughs> it all fits off. Shit. Um, so, um, also, I like the idea of him just cutting out all the lights and just throwing smoke bombs and all these goons just being terrified as he one by one takes them all out. That's like something out of a horror film, like, just the, yeah. the lights go out and then this unstoppable killing machine walks through. <laughs> I assume he kills uh, all the goons, as all oh, these Oh, he breaks do. everyone's neck, but he breaks yeah. their legs and their arms first, really to make Ooh. sure they know... <laughs> <laughs> they know, oh, this is coming. <laughs> oh, I can't move and I'm about to die. He really wanted that final moment. So, I didn't mention Dr. Midnight's a fucking psychopath. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dr. Midnight continued to focus on organised crime and busted up several racketeering outfits, run by the likes of, these are great criminal names, Gallows Gallagher, Diamond Jack oh. Gillen, and Snakey oh. Scarlatti. <laughs> Oh my god, you don't get <laughs> names like that anymore. No, they're great! Snakey Scarlatti, Gallows Gallagher, and Diamond Jack Gillen. I like Diamond Jack Gillen. Presumably yeah. that's a man that stole a diamond one time. I like Gallows Gallagher. I think that's really cool. Is that a man who was hanged? <laughs> Yo, I mean, he has to walk around with like the noose hanging from his neck, like uh, Scarecrow in Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, but he just like... He re- like that's all he has. He's never he's never done any crime. He's just a no. He's, a, he's a lovely man. He works in banking. <laughs> he just he thinks it's a tie. He's a bit confused, but he's good at his job. Um, he quickly realised though that the criminal element was not isolated to mobsters and gunrunners. His own medical pr- profession was rife with ambitious scientists who were only too eager to use their advan- advanced knowledge for their amoral aims. And on one such occasion, Doctor Midnight learned of a man named Professor Elba. Elba had discovered an insanity formula that basically meant that people would go insane if they took it. So it was this drug that made you feel like great for a little bit and then you began to behave like basically animals and just go oh, mental. Right. And um, he, he found that lots of businessmen and politicians were falling sway to the effects of the drug. Unable to track down Professor Elba on his own, Dr. Midnight and Hootie enlisted the aid of several other mystery <laughs> men. God, Hootie. Hootie's there too on his shoulder. Yeah. So he walks around with the owl. Ah, sometimes. Sometimes you have to have a pet owl on your side. Like a pirate. 
You're like a pirate a little bit, but the owl is not is man sized, so he's just sitting on his shoulders. <laughs> Wearing a big trench coat. <laughs> um, so he had to get in enlisted the sev- aid of several other mystery men. Him and Hootie were not enough. And so he got in the Justice Society of America. Together they broke up Elba's insanity formula ring, and Midnight tackled Elba directly. Although he tried to apprehend him alive, their fight accidentally led to Elba's death. However, Midnight's bravery and commitment distinguished himself, and he was awarded a place on the roster of the Justice Society of America. Wow. Okay. So, there's, like, the highest prestige you can get in DC Comics. Uh, At the time, yes. So, Justice Society of America is the original Justice League before Justice League even existed. Yeah. And so he was in, like... Sorry, I'm I'm trying to. I don't know enough about comics of the time, but was th- was it that the stories would cross over with each other? So did someone from the Justice Society turn up and say, "Look, we'd like you to join"? Um, no. What happened was he he brought them in onto that mission, one or two of them or three of them or whatever, and they were like, "Oh, this guy's really good. We could use him at the Justice Society of America." Oh, okay, I get you. That's really cool. That's yeah. a, like that's a level of kind of comic interweaving that we're really used to now but that presumably back in the day to see four superheroes together would be really really cool um yeah i think that's what the, why the justice society worked so well back then because like it's the original team up everybody loves a team up in whatever regard so you've got four heroes and then there's just a big team up where they're all in the same issue together that's going to get all of the fans from all the different heroes in the same issue and your sales are going to rise because it's just cool to see yeah exactly yeah and so um, Midnight continued to serve faithfully on the Justice Society for years and he even joined them during World War 2 in the All-Star Squadron um, but he stayed faithful to the Justice Society after the World War World War 2 ended and so this story might sound familiar to you but in 1951 the immortal villain Vandal Savage manipulated the American government into believing that the Justice Society was secretly aiding hostile foreign nations and a congressional meeting was called, and a SEDA committee ordered the Justice Society to public reveal, publicly reveal their secret identities before the paddle. Refusing to endanger their own careers for the sake of a false charge, the group actually disbanded in comic books, and that is why they're not very well known. And the individual members retired from active duty. Right. Mm. So was this the point where they started introducing like the Silver Age stuff? Yes. That's really cool. I like that there's an in-universe reason that they broke up, not just like, our oh, sales were declining. And all these heroes went their separate ways rather than give up their secret identities. And that's kind of... So, like, this this story is where Watchmen gets its inspiration, really. Like, The Incredibles. Like, all that stuff of superheroes having to retire because the government come in. Like, uh, Civil War... Civil War. Like, I was just all of it Civil takes War. it. All of it takes it from this. In regards that Vandal Savage manipulated the government into thinking superheroes are bad. Superheroes are like, right, either re- reveal your identity or leave. And they're like, well, go fuck yourself. I'm leaving. I'm gonna retire. That's so cool. Mm. And I really like that. That's like the end. It's literally the end of an era. Yeah. And, for, and, and can correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry, but like, there's often times in DC Comics that. Like, Golden Age characters will pop up now and again. 
and people will go to them for advice and stuff like that, depending on the character. Oh yeah, like that. That's very much. That's very apparent a lot in DC, where like you'll always have these older heroes that are just there and they're kind of retired. Like we did Wildcat a few weeks ago. Like yeah. he's one of them, where a hero will go to them and they'll give them advice, and they're seen as one of the legends. They're like one of the old classics. I like that how they're just still around because you don't get a huge amount of that in Marvel because everyone de-ages or they're brought back from the dead or whatever. And I, t- I, like I think the- they do de-age in DC, but they like to have some. A lot of them died because in just in storylines, but you need to have at least ten or twelve legends, like old guys that you can kind of go to and be like, "Oh, they did it back in the day. Let's ask for their advice." Yeah, and I like that there's a kind of passing of the torch. Like there are subsequent versions of that same hero. Exactly, and leading on from that, years had passed before anyone else had heard word of any of the old Justice Society members. In that time, however, a new new generation of superheroes began to spawn, Sean, as you mentioned. These heroes ultimately gathered together as the successors of the old JSA, naming naming themselves a little team called the Justice League of America. That will never take off. Never take off. Because the original group had retired and moved on. And so you have this new generation coming up. They've joined together and they're like, we don't want to take the Justice Society's name. We'll be the Justice League of America. And in response to this new era of heroism, the surviving members of the JSA decided to come out of retirement. And they operated briefly out of Gotham City and, and several other cities, occasionally teaming up with their younger modern counterparts in the JLA. That's cool. Yeah, so Batman and Doctor Midnight would meet, and they're very similar. Like, but and and they would be very more. They'd be very much like tinkers rather than like punchers. So they, they're like, because they're, they're, if you know what I mean, they're smart. They're willing to think through a situation. And Doctor Midnight is more seen as the strategist of the group, and so you can see why they would get on. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. And Doctor Midnight also, not to diminish it. But he uses gadgets and likes the night as well. Yeah, and so as Charles McNider grew older, he focused less on adventuring and turned his attention back towards his first passion, medicine, Sean. Um, oh yeah, he became a, a doctor. Me- yeah, as well, him and Hootie. Hootie's gone through medical school as well. Um, he's wearing a mask. He became a medical instructor and a mentor to several future prominent physicians, including doctors Beth Chapel and Peter Cross. Now, they will come up later on. But after some time, McNider relocated from the East Coast to Los Angeles, California, where he served as the house medic to Infinity Inc., which Infinity Inc. is the legacy children of the Justice Society. So all the children of the Justice Society formed their own team called Infinity Inc. Right, okay, so it's literally the next generation then. Yeah, so it's as in DC it's always like the next generation, next generation, it's carried out. So these are the literal children of the Justice Society who fo- come together to form their own team. Now there could be different heroes, but some of them may have carried on their parents thing, or maybe not. Like we did Our Man, um, yeah. and he, his son became Our Man. So it could be a thing where you take the same st- the same name, or maybe you become your own hero. That's really cool. I like that idea that 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 it's like a family, uh, the family business kind of thing. Yeah, and now sadly, Sean, all good things must come to an end, as Doctor Midnight shared in one final adventure with his lifelong brothers in arms. 
the villain known as Extant had sought to remake the entire universe. And this is like this big worldwide thing across DC. And right. it was called Zero Hour. And Extant had sought to remake the entire universe and began manipulating multiple time streams at once to suit his own ends. The JSA, as well as dozens of other heroes, all banded together to stop the threat of Extant. But Dr. Midnight, along with the original Atom and the futuristic android known as Our Man, which we covered, <gasps> lost yes, their lives. Lost their lives during an event that would become that would come to be known as Zero Hour. And how they lost their lives was, I'm pretty sure, Extant basically aged them up to the age that they should have been. And so, like in oh, in reality, fuck. in comic so book like, form, it's like um, Temple of Doom. Oh no, Last Crusade, where they yeah. like he ages a thousand years at the end and turns to dust. Oh yeah, it's God. it's very very similar. So Doctor Minna is there, and they're all fighting, and they're all working off comic book time, which is kind of weird. Like f- one year is twenty years in real life, but he th- this guy is like, right, I'm just going to age you all up to the age you should be, and he just he just did it all to all of them. And Doctor Midnight became like 170, and then just passed away, or 110, or whatever, and then he was immediately too old. Dude, yeah, that's really tough. And so the Doctor, the legacy of Doctor Midnight did not end with Charles McNider, however. We are only doing Charles McNider, but it did not end there, as even before his own demise, his former student, Bet Chapel, took on the identity of Doctor Midnight and joined Infinity Inc. Another of McNider's students, Peter Cross, who were the two members I mentioned earlier on, Peter Cross, wait till you hear this, later suffered an accident similar to that of his predecessor and became (laughs) the most recent blind hero to adopt the name Dr. Midnight. It's like he suffers this terrible injury and he's just like... Well, let me look at the list of superheroes I could be. (laughs) 90-year-old Mike strolled back in in his zimmer frame and he's like, okay... Let's get the fucking grenade out. Here we go. He's just tossing a grenade in his hand like an apple. <laughs> like, just like old times. Into the window you go. Oh, man. So, it, it, so did, did Dr. Midnight, did, he didn't have kids then, did he? No. Right, okay. So it's, it's literally just someone takes up the mantle. Yeah, and Peter Cross is now currently fights crime as a member of the modern incarnation of the Justice Society of America as Dr. Midnight. And he has his own owl companion named Charlie. <laughs> That's a much better name for an owl. <laughs> ah, Hootie's pretty good. Hootie's pretty good, but like, uh, you know, Charlie implies that owl has a business, he has a family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got a mortgage, he's got a lot of things on his plate, that owl. Uh, so in terms of powers and abilities, Sean, his powers are, of course, infrared vision. Dr. Midnight could see perfectly clear in total darkness without the aid of artificial enhancements, despite the fact that he was blind. His abilities are, he has um, animal trading, which is Charles <laughs> aided a young owl back to health, and it inspired him to become Dr. Midnight. So I suppose I mean, he's able to... Tra- owl. He trained one owl, so he has animal training of some sort. Um, so he's trying to fill out a CV. <laughs> ad hoc duties. Um, <laughs> he's able to do gymnastics. He's got hand-to-hand combat, basic level, uh, jiu-jitsu. Um, he's got journalism, because he's writing skating exposés. Skating um, exposés. Medicine. Dr. Midnight is a qualified surgeon and is normally the person any hero would go to. If they have like an injury, 
in the JSA. Oh, like he's the cool. he's the guy that heals everyone. Um, he's also got multilingualism. He can speak Spanish, which is good. Um, and his weaknesses are, of course, that he is blind and he can't see in the daylight without the aid of special infrared goggles that he makes. Um, his equipment are the infrared goggles and midnight gauntlets. And so this is Peter Cross's midnight. And Cross's gauntlets carry a wide variety of chemicals, medicines, and small scale equipment. Oh yeah, because he is like, uh, like Doctor Midnight was like, was a chemist at the start, so it makes sense that there's some element of chemistry in the new guy. Yeah, he he's he's very involved in all. Like that's how he made the smoke bomb. Like perfect for him that it just completely evaporates all the light in the room. That's very cool. I like that a lot, and I like it's all in the gauntlets as well. Don't be fucking around with a belt. No, that if belts are for idiots, Bruce. Bruce, Bruce Wayne, <laughs> Bruce AK. Wayne. I'm talking to you, calling you out. <laughs> you got forty hours to respond, dickhead. Um, <laughs> um, so my only notes are that originally Doctor Midnight's adventures were exclusive to the continuity of Earth Two, but following Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was like a multiverse scenario where everything crashed together, the DC staff retroactively displaced all of Earth Two Doctor Midnight's appearances and. Established his history on the modern art. So there have been small, subtle changes since then, but all of that history is now seen as a canon in the DC universe. Okay, so for a while it wasn't, but then they made sure that they're just like, oh no, this is good stuff, let's keep it in. Yeah, um, and so that is actually my report on Dr. Midnight Shot. That's a very cool character I knew literally nothing about before mm. this. Um, and I like that it's. It's surprisingly modern for a character from the 40s. Like, I couldn't get... The way you were telling it to me, that could have been a character that was made up last week. Yeah, it's, it is. And at the start, when you read that he's a doctor, I'm like, oh, he's going to inject himself with something. That's where I thought this was going. That he injects himself with time or something like that. Yeah, but he... But, like, it's just a scenario where... We, it's never actually explained why he can see in the dark. He just can. That's just the way it is. That's good enough. You know, that glass, that grenade, it's all down to Mike in the end. <laughs> Damn you, Mike. <laughs> I think Mike is the real hero. If we, look, if we didn't have Mike, we wouldn't have Dr. Midnight, put it that no. way. Mike, is, he got lambasted when he went back to Killer Maroney. You did fucking what? Now we've got another hero on our hands. We but just look, got you. Jesus, Mike. Fuck's sake. He, he never had a scathing expose written about him. No, you know? My, Mike always got away scot-free. That was the problem. No, that was his cousin, Scott Free. <laughs> yeah, so I, that is a classic character. You've got Killer Maroney. You've got Gallows Gallagher. You've got the Justice Society of America. That is DC in the 40s come true. I'm really glad we learned about uh, Dr. Midnight today. That's really cool. Mm. Yeah. Do you want to take us out, Sean? Yes. Uh, thank you, everyone. For listening to this episode of Hero or Zero, we will be back on Monday with Movie Mondays, Wednesday with Weird News Wednesdays, and Friday with Hero or Zero Fridays. That's not the name of the show. I don't uh, think so. Uh, we could change it. We could change it. <laughs> Still workshopping it. 102 weeks in. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Um, yes, thank you to everyone who supports us over on Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com slash heroes for hire podcast. Or there's a link in the description. Everyone who supports us over there, so, so generous, so, so amazing. Thank you all so, so much. Um, mm. 
The best way anyone could ever support the show is by telling one human being that we exist. Just the one, please. Just the one, please. And uh, if you could let us know your preferred names for an owl. I, uh, I, I, think, I think Hootie's the way to go, but it could be anything. I would call him like Claw or something. Oh, Claw's a good one. Claw yeah. the owl? No one's fucking with Claw the owl. <laughs> Claw the owl. Scarface? Oh. Sc- <laughs> Scarface? Al Pacino? <laughs> Al Pacino the man? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> um, but we're on all the Oh, hang on. Videos. Owl Pacino. Owl Pacino? <laughs> I rest oh, my case, Your good. Honor. That's good. Okay, no one bother commenting because Connor just <laughs> beat you all. Um, we're on all social media, so they're all linked in the description. Or you can email us here's for hire underscore at outlook.com. But I think that's about it, Connor. I think so. So I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Mead. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye. 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 Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.